Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Hey, we're back. It is Friday, July the 24th, and Julie, welcome to today's podcast. Yes, made it to another Friday. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I was actually just thinking, um, you know, in real estate, there is really no Friday or there's no Saturday no. or there's no Sunday or the days of the week almost don't even really matter, yes. you know, because it all sort of blends. And you I remember have to th- make your own weekend day. You do. You have to be selfish about it. But, it, you know, that's a, I actually kind of touches on something I've heard from a lot of um, coaching clients in the past couple of weeks is everyone's feeling a little bit frayed on the edges. People are saying, starting to use words like burned out, emotionally spent. And uh, they're asking me, you know, they're saying, I think I should start, you know, building, you know, adding staff and maybe blah, blah, blah. And here's what I'm telling them. Here's what I'm going to tell all of you guys. For now, don't do, don't add any new expense um, that's going to basically be something that doesn't self-satisfy. And by that, I mean, for example, if you want to add an assistant um, you know, make sure it's a transactional assistant and make sure the transactional assistant you pay per transaction. Not per, a salary. Right, not, not a, a salary, not a fixed cost. But here's the other thing, and this is really the bottom line. Be, you know, be busy. Burn the candle at both ends. Be tired. Be cranky. You know, who cares? Right now you've got to really drill down and make hay while the sun is shining because the reality of it is, is that at the end of the year, there's going to be a heck of a lot of uncertainty. I think everyone's kind of accepting that as, as a truism. You know, and I don't, outside of real estate, you know, you're seeing evidence by the fact that people are sort of subconsciously and, you know, financially even preparing for some some sort of big, you know, people are calling it a shift or maybe a longer term recession or who knows. I mean, my crystal ball is kind of murky, but the reality of it is, is right now, if you're busy, be thankful, be grateful, mm-hmm. embrace being busy. If you're not getting any time off, that's okay too. Help as many people as you can right now. Make as much money as you can right now. And don't just do not, you know, don't stick your head up until it, absolutely uh, the market starts to shift because this is the last big hurrahs of the seller's market. There's no reason to believe it's going to last beyond this year. I hope it does. Believe me, guys. I, I Julie, hope we can stretch it out as long as humanly possible. Heck yeah. It's going to be awesome. But, you know, statistically, inevitably, it's not going to last forever. And when we say make hay while the sun shines, this is what we are talking about. It's okay to have some temporary burnout. It's okay to have to schedule. Maybe you've got, you know, Labor Day weekends coming up. Schedule yourself a three-day weekend, but don't right. make it a, a three-week thing. Don't mm-hmm. make it a month off. Don't, don't do it, you know, vacation time. Don't take a week off before the week off. Right. It was just what a lot of agents do, right? Exactly. And don't take a vacation after the vacation. Just stay focused, guys. Stay yeah. drilled down. And I know a lot of you are trying to stick, and I totally understand you're starting to or wanting to go back to some sort of normalcy as far as your annual schedules. You know, there's the summer vacation and the kids going back to school, and all those things are they're kind of kind of murky right now, aren't they? So if you have um, the opportunity to help somebody to list a house, to help a buyer get in contract. That has to take priority because towards the end of the year, the future you is going to be so grateful to the past you for actually having earned that money and um, you know essentially been better financially mm-hmm. prepared. It's just trust us on this, guys. There's I've never seen a um, I personally in our 
combined, ready for this, Julie, yeah. 99 years of life mm-hmm. and our 25 plus mm-hmm. years in the real estate business, there's never been a time when there's been this much uncertainty. And it's the, yeah. you know, it's all the things. I don't even need to rattle them off. Well, there's but, even. But it's not all bad. I mean, they have such a, a great riding that wave situation right now. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, the, the, the wave before the calm, probably. You know, it's not all bad. So they, they just need to really take advantage of it. One of the things that I'm seeing with our premier coaching clients is they're saving more than they've ever I know. been able to before. And, I'm you know, we're having conversations like, let's make sure you pay your taxes on time. Mm-hmm. Make sure you keep your quarterlies up. You're paying off credit cards. You know, you guys are stashing, as you say, stakes in the freezer. Mm-hmm. This is the time to do that so that the future you can thank the current you. So what you're doing right now, if you're feeling a little burned out, don't don't try to give yourself a hall pass and not continue to stay drilled down. Just do okay. it. Work harder than you've ever worked before. And come, you know, fourth quarter, right around the holidays, we can start basically taking a breath and you'll be really happy that you stayed that busy. And if you're not busy enough, if you're not having direction in your business right now, you don't know what to do and you're being pulled in a million different directions, which is how a lot of people feel a lot of times. When you're feeling that way emotionally, the best thing for you to do, believe it or not, is stop looking for things to think about. Stop reading. Start. Stop looking for things to, you know, that are going to give you, you know, oh, this is this idea and that idea. The best thing for you to do is just stay drilled down and get into action. And the 90-day massive action plan that we give you for free is exactly what all of you should be doing. It's going to tell you, actually, Julie was just revising that. Tell them what the 90-day massive action plan is well it it gets you in ultimate focus of you know are you on track ahead of excuse me are you on track ahead or behind so some your of financial you guys, you, of your financial goals some of you guys have no idea because you didn't have any financial goals so it forces you to think about that um, if you are ahead what caused that so you can do more of it it causes you to be introspective about what your lead sources actually are versus what you want them to be and in, in maybe the spokes in the wheel that you're trying to create and then it sets some very specific goals so you look at the money that you have to earn over the next 90 days. That's to keep the lights on, make a car payment, that kind of thing. And then the money that you desire to earn for your goals. You add those together. You divide it by your average net commission. It tells you how many deals you got to do. But the 90-day massive action plan is tells them exactly what they're supposed to be doing every single day. After for, they figure out what the actual goal is. Right. So we're not just basically telling you to start digging a hole with no right. intent. No. We're, you're going to figure out exactly, you know, why you're what the financial thing you know your goal is individually as far as paying yeah. your personal bills well, all the other you things need to have 10 deals you have to make a minimum of 10 contacts per day right conversation with decision making adults that's actually also about real estate okay so it helps you get really clear on what your personal goals are and then of course that affects your daily schedule who you'll be talking to and all of that kind of thing i find tim when when our existing clients who are maybe not just freshly licensed do the 90 day action plan. The first thing they do is price reductions because they yeah, go, all right, sure. now, you know, what's the easy button to creating those 10 deals that I need, right? Well, I'm sitting here with 15 listings. Maybe I ought to, you know, adjust some prices. Then the next thing they do, because they, they never go directly to prospecting. That's impossible. You mean proactively, proactively generation. generation. Never say prospecting. I know, it gives them a heart attack. But yes. <laughs> uh, that, that's never their first solution. The first solution, it's so funny because they should be doing this anyway. Uh, price reductions, and then they look at their pool of buyers and they go, well, why aren't these people in contract? Oh, maybe I should do something other than just check the MLS and find the three active listings, right? So they go to the what you would call the low-hanging fruit first. The third thing would be their lead follow-up that they've been neglecting. Nothing wrong with doing the low-hanging fruit fine. first. It's, yeah, it's, it's what you efficient. should do. But again, yeah. so if you don't have direction, if you just feel like you're being pulled in a million different directions and you're confused about what you should do, 
All you have to do is just text the word survival to 31996. Text the word survival to 31996. And that's going to entitle you not just to getting the massive action plan for free, but also the real estate treasure map and some other books that we've also included for you. And also included in there is going to be all the updated information um, about essentially this new government stimulus package, though they're not calling it that, that's going to inject more money through the PPP, more money that you're maybe going to be eligible for. As soon as that information updated. We're going to add it in that section in the free coaching program, which by the way, you get immediate access to if you just text the word survival to 31996. Um, that section in the uh, free coaching program is called the Ultimate Agent Survival Guide. So guys, you get all of this stuff for free. No obligation, no strings attached. It's Julie and I's way of giving back to the real estate industry and helping you guys make it through this really you know, crazy market as we enter into the new crazier market. Yeah. And then maybe one day together, we'll all look forward to some sort of form of normal again when mm-hmm. we don't have to... You know, it's funny, Julie, I'm starting to get emails from some of the places that I buy Christmas presents for you for, you know, ladies, ladies clothing stores and whatnot, (laughs) you know, now, now of course they're all coming out with these little pretty face masks. I know. That's the new thing. Yeah, I know. know. It's ridiculous. Well, anyway, so text the word survival to 31996, text the word survival to 31996. Now we were talking yesterday about Harris rules and we were celebrating um, the fact that Harris rules continues to be a bestseller. It came out 13 months ago, last June. Um, and the book is absolutely perfect for this market, absolutely perfect for what's happening right now in housing and our economy on a whole. And so uh, thank you for all of you who continue to make this book the bestseller. And I'm hearing tale that the audio audible version of the book is becoming a bestseller. Um, and if you've not re- uh, received, if you've not purchased your book yet, it is available at Barnes & Noble. It is available at pretty much every bookstore you can possibly imagine. Um, but the easiest way to get it is just go to Amazon and it's called Harris Rules. And so what Harris Rules is essentially is our A to Z business plan. It does start with mindset and then it starts to drill down on generating um, your spokes. And Julie, what's the subtitle for Harris That's Rules? That's right. A real estate agent's practical, no BS, step-by-step guide to becoming rich and free. That's, That's right. That's what the rules are about. Oh, so, you know what? Did I tell you? I had what? somebody that emailed, or no, they texted or maybe what? emailed. Oh, hell if I know. I get so many different, right? And they asked, they were complimenting us on the book cover design uh-huh. and they were uh, coming, you know, they wanted to write their own book uh-huh. and they are asking who designed the book you cover. Did. I did. Yeah, I designed the nice book job. cover. How about that? Yeah. Uh-huh. That's right. Yes, yeah, so you had quite a bit of back and forth with what the book people wanted. Well, it's because they wanted to put stupid uh, pictures on it, like a house and like stuff. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah. yeah, bugger nice off, publisher. Yeah, yeah. But, we did so, have some control over it. <laughs> well, we didn't choose the the green color though, which no, is interesting. But I thought that was good. The, yeah. the teal was perfect. I didn't like it at first, mm-hmm. but it's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, So so let's talk about over to the rules. If you missed the first uh, ten rules, which we did yesterday, you can get caught up on the yesterday's podcast. So the rules denote the chapters in the book. Just to be clear, think of them as chapters, but they are honest to God rules. You follow these, and you're going to be more successful, more efficiently, and sooner. Number eleven, and we were just kind of talking about this. Repetitious boredom pays off. We used to have that posted in our office on a whiteboard. Repetitious boredom pays off. This can be your arch nemesis. And I, I see, I don't know if you will agree with this or not, but I see this amongst our grizzled veterans the most. They get bored and then they do something destructive to their business. They wreck yeah. it, they overhire, they overfire, they, they just get, and I don't even think it's conscious sometimes. It's because they're bored. 
Well, okay. So let's actually, if you, you got me on it, I'll stepping up on soapbox. If you see <laughs> the, Warning. to Warning. your point, one of the biggest mistakes a lot of agents make, and Julie, we mm-hmm. started to do this when we yeah, sold real estate. Why do we know this rule? Right. We know <laughs> a lot of these rules because we were and through, it. through making, you know, smart decisions and dumb decisions. And then a bazillion uh, coaching calls. Mm-hmm. That's how we know what we're, you know, from personal experience and then through experience of others. So what most of us have a, um, we have a pattern in our lives where we'll uh, essentially, you know, it's, let's just use weight as an example. That's a good example. People gain weight, lose weight, gain weight, lose weight. Right. And then Mm -hmm. in business, here's how that similar behavior manifests. So what happens is you're going to be successful selling real estate and you're going to then, um, you know, let's say you sell 50. I mean, Julie and I sold 103 houses our first year. uh, And then all of a sudden after that, we were getting like in our second year, we did more than that. In our third year, we did more than that. But what then starts to happen is you start to get bored or you get like, okay, I think I've got it all figured out. But what really starts to sneak in is ego. And so our first year in the business, Julie and I were just Julie and I, that's who was selling all those houses. And the second year in the business, we started to be exposed and being pressured by all kinds of different things to form a team. And for those of you who've only been in real estate for not very long, the whole team thing started in the early 90s through Howard Brenton. I've talked about this on this podcast before. So the team concept is not new. It's not, some of you guys think you're you know, taking a novel approach to real estate. But over the over the years, the team concept went from something that actually did have some, you know, profit potential into the sort of monster it is now with expansion teams and buyer's agents and, you know, buying buyer leads. And the probability of driving any real profit out of a team or a brokerage for that matter, especially in a market like this, is just massively reduced than it was versus in the early 90s. Because in the early 90s, by the way, when you had staff, buyer's agents, you were making them proactively lead generator. They well, weren't going to be on your... buy a lead if you wanted to. It didn't exist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There were no places to buy leads. No. So if you did, if you wanted to have buyer agent staff, they were not riding on your boat. They were helping you row the boat, which goes to a Big point of, difference. which is a point I made earlier. So many of you guys have just a boat that at the end of the day, it's you that's the only one rowing and you've got a whole bunch of riders. And as soon as you do that, you start losing, you you aren't making money because you have a, a boat full of entitled people that don't think they actually should have to contribute to, you know, making the boat go down the river the correct direction. So one of the anecdotes to that, by, by the way, is making sure that everyone on your team staff is a lead generator person. And I mean, even the transactional person or the administrative person, they still should be doing enough BPOs every single day to at least cover their fixed costs to you. There should be and must not be any riders, especially in a real estate market like the one we're entering into, because those riders, those that fixed cost will suck all your profit out and you'll very quickly, just with a couple you know, weird months, start operating in the red. But the mistake that most of us make is we're not satisfied or our egos aren't satisfied or we're pressured by our brokers or our brands to start building teams. And when you start doing that and you don't do that with the eye towards is this going to make me more net profit, you quickly will start discover, discovering that you make actually virtually, your, your profit margins will go from 75 to 85% where you're making a dollar and you're keeping 75 to 85%, you yourself, down to probably less than 10%. We're like 12% best case scenario. And there's a study that Julie and I did. It was forever ago. But the gist of it was 
is we are looking at the numbers of like, you know, at the time it was a top team who had, you know, a million dollars in GCI, right? The team, it was like six people, million dollars in GCI. And let's say the guy named Bob started the team. And then we knew somebody else named Sally. Let's say Sally had one assistant, one part-time assistant, just a transaction coordinator that she was paying, say, $300 a file to. So you have Bob and his big team and he had, you know, billboards and he was buying buyer leads and he had a moving truck and he had a fancy logo and a fancy website, doing lots of direct marketing postcards. Everyone thought Bob was getting all the awards, all the attention, all the recognition. Okay, so both of them were coaching clients. And these are all theoretical examples, guys, just to, you know, sort of make a point. So looking at their actual tax returns and looking at their actual, you know, profit and loss statements as a good coach, here's what I'll here's what you'll discover when you do this. So Bob earns a million dollars, okay? And Bob's going to keep around 100 to 175,000. dollars That's how much Bob's going to keep. His team grossed a million in commission. That's a lot, right? That's nothing to sneeze at. That's the, I don't even know what percent of all agents, let alone teams in the United States earn a million dollars. It's a tiny percent. Mm -hmm. There's a lot. That tiny percent's actually a lot of people, but still not that many. And then you have, you know, what was the other example? Bob, was it Betty? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Well, if it wasn't Betty, it's Betty now. (laughs) And then you have Betty who's going to basically earn something like $200,000 and she's going to work it by, you know, she does, you know, she prospects, she goes after expired centers of influence of past clients. She's active in her church and she's just an overall nice person and she doesn't have any fixed costs. She has one, you know, transactional uh, coordinator. Well, guess what? Betty's net profit from her business is actually the same, if not more than Bob's. You guys understand what I'm saying? So Betty grosses 200000 and she keeps about the same amount as Bob does. Now you're thinking, and I'm thinking, well, that means, you know, Bob has a business. Bob has something where he is not dealing directly with, you know, buyers or sellers anymore and blah, 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 blah. Well, first of all, did you get into real estate not to deal directly with buyers or sellers anymore? Right. Is that really, was that really your goal? Or did someone tell you that's what your goal should be, right? Did you just read a book and all of a sudden magically you think you're going to have this army of minions that are running around basically doing all the work and working with the buyers and sellers for you? Okay, let's say maybe eventually your goal became that. Has someone co-opted your potential and made it so that you are actually in service to what their goal was? In other words, when you started to build a team, when you were starting to get pressure, when your ego was starting to get manipulated, when you were starting to look for more and more adulation, attention, and recognition, did were you actually in service to your own best interest or were you just basically feeding somebody else's? 99% of the time, you did not go completely consciously, at least thinking like a business professional and focusing on net profit as you decided to build your team. And that is the mistake. And that's the reason if you were to have this right now, I'm talking with someone who says, who's just read some book or just went to some Facebook group or went to some event or just whatever, who's now having this angstful feeling of, I guess I need to feel, you know, I'm a top producer in my office. I sold 75 houses last year. I guess I need to now build a team. That's the next natural thing I'm supposed to do. That's a lot of you guys are actually thinking that you're supposed to do. Okay. And then what happens is you start doing it and you spend the next five years building a team, big, huge pain in the ass all the way around. So you then maybe magically five years from now, you're not really dealing directly with buyers or sellers anymore. And you think you somehow have been victorious in your goal of building a team. But what you are now spending your time at and often more time at doing is managing your team and dealing with all that drama. You've essentially established to create a very nice adult daycare mm-hmm. where you have a bunch of cranky babies who are always asking for something. And you, I, oftentimes they get very resentful of that too, because they feel like it's trashing the business that they've built. 
when in fact they were the creator of it. Yes. So the point of this is if your goal, and I think we're getting to it, your product in real estate is profit. That is ultimately your output. You are, your whole point of your business. Back to rule number four. Oh, is it back to rule number four? The product is profit. The point of your business is to make profit. And with that profit, you're supposed to take the said profit and then reinvest it into things that will make you ideally passive or passive-ish income. That is your goal of running a business, of running a real estate business. Now, why? Because you do not, you are not having a building a sellable asset. And sometimes it's it's very easy to get confused because you read all these books and the modern zeitgeist is you build a team, you scale it, you do more units, you make more revenue. And one day somebody is going to ride in on a white horse and basically offer you some can't refuse amount of money and you're going to be off to Vegas and Disney World and wherever the hell else you're going to go, right? Mm -hmm. But that doesn't happen in real estate, guys. That's a myth. Nobody buys teams. You might be able to refer off business and get referral fees or whatever, but there's nobody that's riding in on any white horse and giving you a large large enough amount of money that you don't have to keep on working. It just doesn't exist. Nope. I mean, there's brokerages that were paying, um, you know, agents, you know, a couple hundred grand. It's not really happening anymore to move over to their brokerage. But after taxes, that's just, it's not retirement money. That's just a little bit of financial security money at the end of the day. So I strongly, strongly suggest, and you want to read the point again, Jilly, the rule? Yes. I'm going back. To, I was ready for your next rule. Sorry. I strongly suggest that when you're trying to make a decision... Repetitious boredom pays off. Right. You run it through the filter of, is this going to make me more net profit? And when you get to the point where you're bored in real estate and you then start thinking that you've mastered it, that's the mistake that you make. And that's the reason that so many of you then chase uh, run to the next brightest light. Well, that's the filter though, isn't it? You've got to ask your question... Am I making this decision because I'm bored or because it's going to lead to more profit? That's right. It, because if there's any other answer, you know, it, it's you're hurting yourself, basically. And you're the, it out of ego. the repetitious boredom pays off. That is incredibly true. You do not want a business that's exciting. You do not <laughs> want a business that's full of drama. You want a boring business that's predictable mm-hmm. because with that boring predictability, you then can start essentially saving and investing and creating wealth for yourself. Right? You guys get it? Well, that's what the magic number is all about. That that's right. predictability, right? That's what following your daily schedule is about, creates predictability. And, you know, that's one of the things that agents like to complain about the most is, oh, it seems like it's out of control all the time. Getting to control the things you can control, like how many active listings you have and what you do with your time and whether you're media free or not. Notice Julie said so. listings, guys. That's ultimately mm-hmm. where you're going to get your most leverage in real estate is through being a listing agent. Well, when you're a listing agent, you'll have buyers. That's it right. It doesn't work in the opposite way. If you want them, generally. that is. Rule number 12. Rule number 12, and this is a big one. And I, this is one of my favorite parts of the book, actually, maybe because it's a little personal to me. But rule number 12, learn to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at a high level. Now, this is the place in the book where I tell a story about Orange Theory and the difference between just showing up and kind of piddling around on the treadmill versus having coaches that actually know how to coach you, who show you how to do it. See, this is the difference between training and office managers and 99% of the quote coaches out there. They just tell you what to do. They don't show you how to do it. They don't explain how to do it. So in, in this section of the book, I talk about the stages of mastery, formulation, concentration, momentum, and breakthrough. So in each section of your real estate practice, you're in different stages, right? So some of you are in serious momentum working with buyers. They seem easy. They, you stamp them out, you basically do it the same way. You know how to set up showings. You know how to write a contract that wins. 
you know, you're in momentum, you've got that figured out. But in other parts of your business, usually in the listing side, you're in formulation, which is getting ready to get started to someday, possibly maybe consider putting a pre-listing package together. And then even when you have that, you may or may not know how to actually present that. And then that leads you to concentration. You're implementing, taking your steps, moving forward. You can be in different stages of mastery on different things, right? So I was never really great at running or cardio, but I could do you know, Pilates and yoga. So those are two different things, right? You've got to recognize what you are good at and what you're not good at and do something to get yourself, not just doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it. We can all show up to the gym. It's doing it at the high level that creates the profit. But so drill down. So you not only were not, your perception was you weren't good at cardio. Your mm-hmm. perception was that you were actually, something was broken in you. sucked at it. Not just sucked. You actually thought yeah. you were physically unable to. Unable right. to. Mm-hmm. You were convinced your knees yeah. or your couldn't, you couldn't breathe. Because right. you never your entire life pushed through the yeah. threshold of belief that you could actually do That's it. That's right. I never okay. actually did the actual work. So you always backed off. Mentally, right. Right. Until I had good coaches that kind of, you know, helped me with that. And I think that, you know, there's another part, there's another point that I make in that chapter, which is it's easier to achieve something when you see somebody else doing it. And that gets to a lack of exposure conversation. I was telling the story in the book about, um, you know, uh, in Orange Theory, actually seeing people running at 12 on the 12 miles an hour on the treadmill and not dying of it. Like, I had never actually seen that before. I thought that's like something people did on the track at the Olympics, <laughs> right? So, you know, some of this, and we talked about this on previous rules that agents tend to only sell what they know. They get scared of the high end because they've never seen it. They get scared of being wealthy because they don't know any wealthy people that are nice. You know, so there's a lot in this chapter. It sounds innocent enough, but there's a lot to it, which is why you need to order Harris Rules. You and I are listening to a podcast right now, Mm -hmm. and it's a neuroscientist something Mm -hmm. or another. Yeah. And he talks about the fact that he was was talking about David uh, Goggins. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they're talking about the fact that one of the things that makes him remarkable is he's so... Well, explain who David Goggins is. He's an amazing Navy. He's like a modern day Superman, basically. Yeah. So just Google him. So, But one of the things that makes him amazing is that he is not... uh, There's nothing genetically special about him but what he's been able to do is push beyond the point in his mind that said he couldn't do it and he pushed beyond Mm -hmm. it and he he suffered and then pushed beyond the suffering and then as a result of that he literally formed new types of neuropathways in his head that were always there but never actually active well because he did the work Right. He did the work. So the moral of that story is all of you guys have that within you. But if you don't push beyond your natural perceived threshold, you're never going to experience beyond what you're experiencing now. And so what I was hoping you drill down on is when you did finally get past your, you know, Mm -hmm. misinformation about your physicality and your belief to run, you had, you just basically went, you walked up to that line. And I remember it was probably, it was for six solid months. You'd walk up to the line and then you'd walk back. Walk up to the line, walk back. You're going to try to say it wasn't six months, but you'd start to run fast oh, you mean and you'd, I... you'd do it for like five seconds and then you'd back off, yeah. right? You didn't, you didn't yeah. believe in your ability to... I had to work on it. Right. I had to, you know, it, But it wasn't a physical it. limitation. It was a mental it was, limitation. It was mostly mental. It was more mental than it was physical. That's so true. relate this to people not wanting to do what they're supposed to be doing in real estate because yeah. this is doing what yeah. you don't want to do when, when you, you don't want to do it at the highest level. And making yourself do it at a higher level, right? So I could get to the point where I was actually doing it, you know, but I wasn't doing it at a high level. So... I, I see this when agents 
procrastinate and avoid. It can be lead follow-up or it could be prospecting. I know, proactive lead generation. But something where they're picking up the phone and maybe they could hear conflict, the longer you avoid that, the more mentally debilitating you're making yourself. Just like for years, I thought that I'd never be able to really run. I could, you know, cardio is not my thing, right? And so you continuously tell yourself that, oh, I'm not a salesperson. It's not me. I don't use scripts. All these excuses, just like I told myself that cardio wasn't for me. And then it builds up and builds up and it's far worse than the actual pain of learning it. It mentally is so much worse. The anguish of avoiding the yeah. actual thing is, is more strenuous mentally and emotionally than having actually done it, is what you're saying. that's right, and here's proof of that. Every time agents break through that, I hear this every week in Premier Coaching. Every time they break through that, even a little bit, here's how it goes. I called four for sale by owners and I got an appointment. I can't believe it. I know. You know, and I'm like, what did you think was gonna happen? We only coach this every breathing moment of your life. You know, but they're so shocked because they've built up in their head that it's going to be this stressful thing and everybody's going to hang up on them and probably they'll use some swear words and then hang up on them. But it's actually not true. It's all made up. Yeah, but even if it is true, and this is something that this seems counterintuitive, but it is really true. A slight pivot here. I hope for all of you that when you start doing proactive lead generation, you have the worst experiences right away. Like you have, right? Get it over with. Because what you need to realize is what Julie had to realize. Like I hope you have people that are abusive, that are mean to you, (laughs) that make you feel like you're a centimeter tall, that say the worst things and you just end up hating prospecting and question why you ever got into real estate. I hope you have all of those urgently immediately this first day you start doing it maybe even the second or the third day just to really make it so that eventually you're going to realize that hey guess what you're still alive guess what those words didn't actually kill you you're actually going to just you know you're getting better because of the pressure of not wanting to have that experience again that's what happens is if you're not willing to actually step up to that line and push yourself through then what's going to happen is you're always going to have to play small. And then you start figuring out little hacks Mm -hmm. for basically not ever having actually pushed through. Excuses. Right. And you know what, Tim? This happens at pretty much every level. This isn't just our newbies. And a hack would be buying business. A hack would be doing social networking and thinking that's going to get you business. Mm -hmm. A hack would be doing anything other than being a proactive lead generator. And it's because you guys are not willing to push through the actual, you know, thing that's holding you back. And it's your ego at the end of the day. It's your feelings. It's you worrying about how are they going to make you feel. It's not real. It's all in your head. But guys, once you push past that, you're going to feel so, you're going to feel liberated. You're going to, you're going to feel free. You're sifting through the book looking for something. Did you just have an no, inspiration? No, I was just talking about, you know, rules for doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it are in here. And it talks about not just, it touches a little bit on, you know, just saying that you're going to get better is not the same as doing something to get better. And that's, we've talked about that before, like the whole secret, you know, if you think about it long enough, somehow you'll transform. You've got to actually do that. Um, the different, uh, we talked about pretty shiny thing syndrome that you're making, you know, consistent effort. You're not just looking for something that's a hack, perhaps, you know, if I just get this work around, if I just sign up for this, you know, miraculous lead generation thing and the world will rain leads on me, that's all I need. You know, because the choices for that are endless that they have. It's unfortunate. Um, So that's all. And then I also was looking at the next rule. I wonder how many of these businesses that are in the business of selling tchotchkes to agents, right? Selling Mm -hmm. all these easy button sort of hacks. I wonder Mm -hmm. how many of them would survive agents who Mm -hmm. a, a smart group of agents who are basically would make the said company who is trying to sell the agent the widget 
if they if the agent starts saying, I want you to prove to me this will make me more profit, mm-hmm. and I want you to tell me how long on average it takes for me to make more profit yeah. using your widget, none of those companies, frankly, would be able to actually give you those answers, and nor would they actually be able nope. to make you any even remote guarantees that their product or widget ever actually worked to generate any profit. All they're there to do is placate your ego's desire to never have to do what it doesn't want to do when it doesn't want to do it at the highest level. And they know that you have an innate desire to avoid all that. And because you're surrounded by people that have spent their lives avoiding all of that. And so you it's normalized, right? It's seen as somehow, it's almost like there's an undercurrent in uh, real estate, especially of a hack being some sort of like something of that you're supposed to look for. A shortcut is something you're supposed to look for. You're not versus, there's something about not ever actually having to do the real work that people sort of gravitate as seeing something that's like a good thing. It's not a good thing. Mm-hmm. It not ha- shortcuts are shortcuts for a reason. If you really want to have the whole entire experience, you got to stay on the path long enough and you got to be willing to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. Next rule, Mrs. Harris. Yes, okay, so that... That rule led to rule number 13, be the best, because remember, we we're just talking about do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at a high level, right? At the highest level. So if you're going to work on that, become the best at what actually matters, okay? And you hear us say this all the time on the podcast, and I say it all the time in Premier Coaching because it's true. What are the things that lead to a paycheck in real estate? Lead generation, lead follow-up, pre-qualify, present, negotiate, close, lather, rinse, repeat. So we say that a lot, but in the book, we actually drill down, how do you become the best? How do you do these things at the highest level? So we have lead generation rules, lead follow-up rules, pre-qualifying rules, the list I just went through, presenting, negotiating, and closing rules, so that you operate by the same standard on every transaction, and you standardize that, and you get into control on it, and you start operating at the highest level possible. We actually talk about how to go about being the best in each of these things that matter. Isn't that the drill down information you guys are looking for? Next rule of Mrs. Harris in the book, Harris Rules. Make sure you guys get the book. It was your homework from yesterday. Yeah, well, this is all related. FOCUS stands for follow one course until successful. And I think we've talked a lot about that, that you don't look for the pretty shiny things, that you actually stay the course. I'll give you, you know, my most salient example of this is agents that will say things like, you know, well, I tried fill in the blank. I tried probate. I tried expireds. I, you know, I tried an open house once. Okay. So that's dabbling. That's not actually following one course until successful. I tried that whatever script. Okay. So like how many times? Four or five? That doesn't constitute trying anything. That that's like an afternoon of screwing around. You know, the problem with that though is, Hmm. I mean, focus, follow one course until successful. They don't know what courses to follow first. Well, you're right. I mean, you can, you could apply that rule to the wrong thing. Right. Screw yourself. Right. So if you guys will stay the line and stay the course on doing a dumb thing that doesn't, doesn't work and never will work. And you'll just do it forever and ever and ever. Like, you know, it's, this is always, again, I have these flashbacks of all these billions of coaching calls when you get into people's profit and loss statements and you start looking at where they're spending their money and you will come up against something that they've just institutionalized, an expense, usually a marketing expense. Mm-hmm. And there's all kinds of different things that you guys continuously do. And then if I'll say quantify that ex- a particular expense, that expense itself has to prove itself that it's not a rider, it has to be a rower. Prove to me, would be on a shadow of a doubt, that that whatever the hell it is, is actually making you a net profit. 
And here's what you'll discover. And this is even with the biggest producers that we ever coach, guys making literally themselves millions of dollars per year. There are always fluff expenses that they cannot justify why they're continuing to do it, but they just continue to do it because they continue to do it. What's the rule again, Julie? Uh, Follow one course until successful. Right. Focus. And so what you need to realize is that your path, when you're focusing, there's a specific order that you should be uh, focusing your energies. When you're new, you need to definitely be, first thing, centers of influence and past clients. But the problem with centers of influence and past clients, and this is where most of you guys screw this up, is that becomes your only thing, right? So what we want you to do and what we're going to teach you and coach you how to do is you're going to have ultimately seven spokes on your lead generation wheel. That is your goal. Seven spokes on your lead generation wheel. Your first one being center of influence and past clients, but do not stop there. Center of influence and past client-based agents are the ones that suffer the worst during market shifts. Then you have to learn what or what goes next. You're gonna have. We would tell you to choose something that's going to be a proactive lead generation mm-hmm. skills-based activity, and we'll give you a list. And, and we then talk you talk about it in, in premier coaching all the time. Endlessly, we talk about the different. Here's something they never think about, right? The ratios of who you're talking to, right? So they're going to go for the easy button. I want to do geographic farming, or I want to do you know just talk to my database. Well, the amount of people you have to talk to with the frequency you've got to do it makes for some, you know, kind of bad ratios. You might have to talk to 200 people in one neighborhood, you know, five times, either postcards, calling, door knocking, whatever, before you get one good listing. Versus, it's okay, so that's the easy button, right? Because there's not a lot of conflict there. That's that's an easy thing to do. Well, you don't hear no with those things, right? You don't really hear no. Right. You, you don't really have the opportunity to hear no very much. Versus taking a list of 10 expired or for sale by owners, for example. In other words, people will have their hand up saying, I need your help, I've got a place to sell. But isn't that the bottom okay? line, and, Julie? And so you call 10, of, 10 people who absolutely say, I want, I need your help, okay? Maybe not directly to you, but they have a help wanted sign essentially posted. And yet, because you don't know them and because it takes a higher level of skill and because you might hear no and because you might have to compete, You'd rather, you know, grind away at 5,000 just listed, just sold calls. Or doing a bunch of social networking things. Which is even worse. So when was the last time, listeners, that you guys put yourselves in a position to hear the word no? Not from your kid or your spouse (laughs) or your dog, but when was the last time you actually, with a potential buyer or seller, put yourself in a position to actually have them reject you? Right? Isn't that the ultimate litmus test as to whether or not you're a professional? So if you're if you're not hearing the word no on average or putting yourself in the position to hear the word no on average probably five times a day, you are really doing yourself a disservice and you're the type of agent that suffers in a changing market the most because on the other side of suffering the horrible psychological pain of hearing the word no is <laughs> the is the new version of you because what you're going to do is you're then going to push, remember Julie was talking about her unwillingness, her psychological mooring lines that were keeping her from actually believing she could be somebody who was an athlete well guess what she pushed past that and it made all the difference not just physically because truthfully physically there wasn't much of a difference but mentally she started to change and all that can happen with all of you guys too but you have to be willing to push yourself through and the way to know is whether or not you're putting yourself in a position here no at least five times a day isn't that scary start out with one time a day right do do something where you're going to actually have to have a skills base a skills, you know, an actual skill set. And without the skill set, 
you will hear the word no because you will not know what to say or how to say it. That's going to make it so you naturally will not want to have be rejected again. So what you're then going to do is you're going to figure out how not to hear the word no again. And many of you are just going to run to the passive stuff, hoping and praying that you're, you know, well, the postcards and the social yeah. networking yeah. will generate business. The smart monk amongst you, the ones that will be in this business in more, for more than two years, the ones that will actually have the potential to be millionaires, those are the, those of you, and I realize it's less than 10%, but those of you are going to be the ones that say, you know what? I do realize I've been trying to avoid hearing the word no. Mm -hmm. And I'm no longer going to tolerate that laziness, that mental and emotional laziness within myself. And I am going to hear the word no. And I realize I am. And that's part of the game. And I also then realize I'll hear it a hell of a lot less the better I get. Yeah. And you know what's funny about that? Whenever you tell that story and we have this discussion or these coaching calls like this, I always remember that for a long time, and we had worked on this, and we had scripts going on, and we were having a really good run of listings. I will never forget the time that you and I just listed like three or four houses in a row. We didn't lose any you know, listings. We came in all full of ourselves into the office when we were uh, at Remax North. Yeah, Missouri. I know exactly and what you're talking like, about. We are so, you know, we're awesome. We just took, you know, four out of four listings. You remember what Roy said? Yeah. <laughs> Well, obviously, you're not going on enough appointments if you're taking all of them. Yeah. You need to hear no more. And I, I remember being kind of pissed that he said that instead of congratulations, you guys kick ass. But he was trying to make the same point. And I think that it's important for people who even have worked on this to realize there's different levels of it. Because after he said that to us, we're like, all right, well, we can push even harder. What if we take even more risk? What if we go after a different spoke? Maybe, maybe that was when we started going after new construction. I don't remember, but... I do remember him saying, well, clearly you're not going on enough appointments. Well, I mean, where were our was our business coming from? Our first year in the business, it was basically uh, Fizbo's. That's where we got most of our yep. business. Fizbo's and, you know, we were doing the real work of real estate. We didn't have a center of influence and past client list. We didn't have any past clients. We didn't have any, right. We were doing real estate. We looked yeah. like we were about 12. Yeah, I mean, combined. Combined, <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, so we, we had all – we had everything no. that was uh, – there's no reason that we should have sold over 100 houses no. per year. But what Julie and I were willing to do is push past the no. And trust me, when we started, we didn't have a coach. We didn't have really a mentor. We just told you our broker's version of coaching, basically a One slap upside the head. Right? We had a lot of those too. And they were great. I know. That was the kind Deal of... Deal goes sideways. How much did that cost you? Exactly. And we tell him, and he said, guess you won't do that again. That's exactly... That was a $5,000 mistake. Right. And then oh. he'd go storming off. Yeah, something would get past us. We'd basically have yep. to throw throw in some commission. We'd go crying on Roy's shoulder. And his favorite line was, what did that one cost you? He'd tell you, you'd tell him the amount, you know, <laughs> that's exactly what he said. You won't do, the, you know, what was the line? Guess you won't do that again. <laughs> exactly. I guess, that, you know, what was funny about that? That always reminds me of both your dad and my dad where you'd like fall down, you know, and how'd you do that? Won't do that again. Not, you know, here's a Band-Aid. No, it was, don't you remember? It was, <laughs> did, did you, you hurt, hurt the sidewalk? Did you hurt the sidewalk? Right? <laughs> you know. <laughs> You know, it's so funny as I say that. We remember you, that because of Zoe now. But do you, can you imagine a parent sending, saying that right now to their no, kids in this, ner the ER in this nerfed up world? No, it would be if someone, if you basically, if you and I were in some nerfed up part of the country and Zoe fell down and skinned her knee and we said what our parents would have said to us, we probably would have parents literally calling the police on oh, us. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. You'd be arrested momentarily. Exactly. I know. <laughs> I know. Do you want to go through another rule? 
Oh, let's see. The next one is rule number 15. Don't keep circling the runway. So this is the jet taking off analogy. Do you want to save that for tomorrow or do you want to do that now? Uh, you know what? Let's save it for tomorrow. Okay, that's a great that's story. That's a pretty big conversation. It's a big, let's start out our Sunday podcast. Okay. Doing that one. So listen, guys, uh, Sunday podcast, make sure you're listening. Um, it's probably based on your feedback. It's the best show we do every week. And it's probably the best show because Julie and I are not drilled down. We are mm-hmm. absolutely just sort warned. of, we're talking about whatever we want to talk about. And um, longtime listeners to the Sunday show, especially will know, I seek out crazy, hard to believe, you know, <laughs> nutty things to share with Julie so we can kind of sort of laugh at them on Sunday. But the stuff that we really like to gravitate towards, uh, you know, especially on Sunday, are the alien stories. Oh, yeah, and I, guys, I've got a whole bunch of great ones that I've been sending to Julie. Uh, you know, now that the government is fully admitting that there's UFOs and whatnot, there's all kinds of little, you know. But the funny thing, Julie, is it never makes a headline. You have to really seek out the yeah. the true weirdo yeah. information. And it's true weirdo information too. Yeah. Which is fun to talk about on Sunday. Totally. Yeah, exactly. It's a mental break. That's the way, that's Julie and I's relief valve is reading goofy stuff that, you know, may or may not be true and just sort of like bantering about what if it is true kind of scenarios. Mm -hmm. Guys, listen, we've got your backs. You don't need to worry about what's happening next in the market. Just stay close to Julie and I. We're going to always tell you the truth. We're always going to tell you the truth, especially when you don't want to hear it because we know nobody else in your world will tell you the truth. So right now, the homework that all of you guys should absolutely embrace is going and getting the book Harris Rules. I, it's like, oh, I mean, it could even be less than $11 on Amazon, depending on, you know, like Amazon does, um, I forget what they call it, pricing. Like graduated pricing. Or yeah, whatever. really. Your price for Harris Rules is different than my price for Harris Rules, which is crazy. Uh, or maybe your neighbor's price. So they actually, pro- they change pricing depending on who you are and if they think you'll pay more. Isn't that hilarious? True story though. It's like airlines do yeah, with the plane tickets. Us, so. Yeah, they do it, not us. This book was published actually. So if you guys thinking we're just doing this for our own financial betterment, we're not. The actual, uh, you know, Julie and I got an advance on this book. And, um, you know, so the publisher is the one that makes all the money off the book at this point. But the book is still something that we're very proud of. And it's an absolutely clear path forward for all of you. No matter where you are, you know, we. this book is not just written for one particular experience level in real estate. It's written for all of you. And actually, I'll tell you the people that should read the book, obviously, first-time agents, if you get this book as a new agent, you're, this is going to give you a path forward that's going to really, frankly, more or less lock in your future success. But the people I like to hear from the most are the ones that have been in real estate for a long time. Read the book, and it basically clears the decks of all the misunderstandings and the misbeliefs they had about what it took to be successful in real estate. Those are the ones I actually like um, the reviews and whatnot to read the most because it's so nice to hear that we were able to help you guys um, self-correct, you know, self-correct where you're maybe making some mistakes and move away from some of the, the you know, silly things that you've been doing without realizing they were silly. So if you guys need us for anything, you can always text me directly, 512-758-0206. In the meantime, have a fantastic day. Um, you can listen to all of our past thousands of podcasts. This continues to be the number one listened to daily podcast for real estate agents in the world. You can go back and listen to past podcasts at any time on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. I think we're on over a dozen different podcast listening uh, widgets. So just go and download us from anywhere. If you're listening right off of our main website, as a lot of you do, or off maybe Instagram, please do consider 
consider um, going to iTunes and subscribing. And while you're there, please do give us a five. Don't give us a four star review. Give us a five star review. We'd, we'd you know, sincerely appreciate it. It does help a lot with the search algorithms. So if there's anything we can do for you at any time, guys, feel free to text us or text me directly at 512-758-0206. Have a fantastic day. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.